welcome to Clay is a Four-Letter Word. Uh, my guest today is Nathaniel Sheets, coming from Illinois, right? Yep. Well, yeah, whereabouts Illinois are you coming from? So I'm like right in the middle of the state in Washington, Illinois. Washington, Illinois. So right, yep. right smack dab in the middle. It's all flat. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> cool. It's just a really, really flat part. Yeah, I went to, I drove through that. I went to Bourbon A once for the Bears training camp, like. Okay. 2007 or something so yeah i remember i we drove from like chicago to that area and it was totally flat and just I, I don't know how far bourbon a is from where that where you are but i remember it was a really flat drive from yep yeah and i'm in southern california so it's so super hilly and everywhere we go but anyways um we'll talk about i mean i got i got a couple of chicago illinois questions for you so okay. yeah cool down that down the line but anyways um so we'll start off kind of introduce yourself and um you know, Nathaniel Sheets coming from Washington, Illinois. Like, what's your story? <laughs> well, so um, I am 21 years old, and I first got started in pottery my junior year of high school. Um, I was starting to finish up all my required classes for high school. And so I was finding stuff to do. And I had always seen potters throwing on a potter wheel. And I was like, okay, I kind of want to learn how to do that. And so mm-hmm. I took ceramics and absolutely fell in love with the wheel and just mm-hmm. getting dirty. Mm-hmm. And so uh, after ceramics one, I took ceramics two. And then I took three independent studies in ceramics where she had to keep making projects for me to keep doing because I uh, wanted to keep going in it. This is in high school, right? Yeah, this is just high school. Okay, cool. Yep. And then after I graduated high school, I went to Illinois Central College, um, our community college in East Peoria, which is about a 15-minute drive. And I went there and I took an a ceramics course and that's where I met Tim Kowalczyk because he was my instructor for that Mm -hmm. and absolutely loved him and the classes there so then I took ceramics one ceramics two and then I started becoming a practicum student where I was just paying for the studio itself in clay and then I could just come in make my own work yeah have the open studio yeah you don't you didn't need projects yeah you just need yeah. time and space and a kiln and yeah which was nice because you know up till then you always had projects like you have to do this and this and this and then yeah. i can make my own work on the side but it was mostly um for projects which was okay yeah but once you start practicum and being able to make your own work like the whole yeah. time was really nice yeah, there's definitely, I know from like, a, I'm a high school ceramics teacher, so I kind of definitely have that perspective of like, you got to learn the foundation. Like, you got to yeah. learn, like, one of the expressions we make is like, before you before you break the rules, you got to learn the rules. You know, it's yep. a basic art teacher kind of like, yeah, like, yeah, you want to be all, oh, I want to do art, and art teachers, art students can do whatever they want and be free and loose, and it's like, no, like, you got to learn your shit, you got to learn your yeah. stuff. And once you learn your stuff and you understand how all these, like, basic things work, and having some kind of like actual skill over the material. So Exactly. And I never felt until 
definitely once I started getting into independent studies in high school, I was like, okay, I'm starting to get a feel for clay. Like, I think I could do my own stuff. Um, but really not until my after my first semester at ICC was I really confident that, okay, I think I know what I'm doing in ceramics. Yeah. And you can just explore those ideas. Yeah. Because that's really like where you get good at something. So you yeah. have an idea that's a relatively simple idea. And you just explore that idea and just beat it to death and run it in different ways. And if you're, if you look on, look at ceramic artists, ceramic artists tend to have a, a thing and that's what yep. they do their thing and they explore different things. But a lot of times they have their thing. I know if you go through my Instagram and you just scroll back, you can see how I like all these changing like bodies of oh, yeah. work. And that's just kind of because I can and it's, mm-hmm. I, I get bored, I guess, or. I get burnt out, but it's like, you know, developing those ideas. I get to the point where I'm like, oh, I have an idea developed and I kind of get it. And then I get interested in something else and I'm kind of ADD like that. So, yeah, we'll see how it goes. But that's awesome that you kind of got to that point and they gave you the space and time to let you like exist. Yeah. And having Tim as my professor at ICC, he really pushed me um, and my work at ICC is where it completely just evolved. Like I first started um, in high school, I started doing string art on ceramics. Uh, okay. Because I, uh, since fifth grade, I had loved string art, and I wanted okay. to combine the two. That's so awesome. I've been doing that since high school, and so Tim uh, was like, "Well, how do you make that functional?" So we had been working on trying to make functional string art cups and stuff, and so. We were working on that, and then we started doing Naked Raku there. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Absolutely fell in love with the Naked Raku, and I said, okay, I want to keep going with this now. Like, yeah. I love the string art idea, but this is more my style. And so then I started doing that, and then um, not until recently was I like, I want to figure out how to make functional Naked Raku somehow. Right. And so I started doing glazing on the inside, and naked raccoon the outside and that was kind of working but i was still having some problems with it and then um not until recently was i able to make them actually functional raccoon and then so what was the you have a secret that you want to tell everybody about what was the how did you make it functional to make because i mean i come i guess you want to talk about i mean it's just skipping ahead a little bit why don't you talk more about Naked Raku? Because I'm familiar, I guess, with the traditional, well, I don't know if it's the traditional, the traditional American Raku, I guess. Yeah. It's like, put it in the kiln, let it get hot mm-hmm. enough, glazes melt, whatever it is, 06, 08, I don't know. And then you take them out and you put them in the newspaper or the leaves or the yeah. smoky and it's crazy and you go yeah. home and you smell like crap and then you <laughs> like have these total, totally interesting pieces that are totally not functional. Oh, yeah. So... That's, I guess, what, what would you, I'm not a Raku artist. I did Raku when I was in junior college, and that's kind uh-huh. of it. So you want to talk about, like, that's, what, American Raku? Or what's that called? Yeah, so uh, I think of it as American Raku, where you have your glazes, the metallic-looking glazes yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. that are coming out. Uh, yeah, so I would consider that American. What I'm doing is I am doing... Um, what's called naked raku, which mm-hmm. is no glaze on the surface at all. And mm-hmm. so it's just the actual clay body itself. 
with mm -hmm. um, carbon into the surface, which creates a crackle pattern. And then do you put like the and you put like a slip over it or something? Yeah, What's, so no, it's after, part of the process. Yeah, after you bisque fire a piece, um, when you naked raku, you dip it into a slip mm -hmm. of um, hawthorn clay, EPK, and silica. It's really mm -hmm. simple. Like and one one one. It is five hundred grams of hawthorn, three hundred grams of EPK, and two hundred grams of silica. Okay. Okay. And then when you mix it up, you get it super thick, like pancake batter and okay. like cake batter. Uh-huh. And so then after, uh, so then you mix that slip up and then you're going to dip your pieces into that slip. Okay. And you immediately put them into the kiln and start still to wet. Out. Yep. While it's still wet. Oh. And so then what it does is as you start that kiln up, that slip dries pretty quickly. Uh-huh. And it starts to crack. And oh. so once you bring it up to temperature, which is 1,450 degrees, uh -huh. you take it out, put them in the reduction cans with the newspaper. It gets all uh -oh. smoky. Okay. And that carbon that's burning in there goes through the cracks to create oh, that iconic okay. naked raccoon crackle pattern. Oh, okay. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I know. I know. I saw. I seen your videos, and I kind of thought I, I kind of th understood, and that's. But yeah, that's good. That's a good explanation of it. And it's yeah. kind of, it's cool. So then how do you make it functional? Because I know, is it just putting in the right kind of glaze and or what? So they're still not glazed. Um, uh, okay. Tim and I, uh, we have done some research. And we found a product um, that is made for primitive fired work so that it becomes functional. Mm, it's like an epoxy or like a resin or something. It's actually Oil? just a sealer. It's a water-based sealer. Okay. Um, it's from Australia. Uh huh. And uh, the stuff is crazy. Uh, you wouldn't even know it's on the surface. Mm -hmm. And uh, it makes it food, microwave, dishwasher safe. Wow. And the water just feeds right off, which. Huh. Um, we have been like doing our own experiments, like to make sure that it works well and doing what it's supposed to. And we've not found any problems with it yet. So like experiments, are you just like using them and eating, eat them? Are you just eating off of them and drinking out of them and yeah, washing like, them and like, using them? Running them in the dishwasher, putting them in the microwave. I did uh, one night I wanted to see just how much it could take in the microwave. And I was putting <laughs> it in the microwave for 10 minute increments. And absolutely no changes the cup was so stupid hot that you couldn't <laughs> touch it but yet no changes whatsoever to the actual piece that's crazy yeah and so what's the what's the what's the stuff called or you know the company's called i'm not quite willing to give it out okay. yet okay um it's such a new product that um if you were to look up like primitive fired sealer Okay. Do a little Google Googleization, and you could probably find it. I don't you know. You can find it really easily. Okay. I just Tim and I aren't quite ready to be like it's this endorse product. it. Yeah, and to to put your name behind it. I got you. It's yeah, really everyone, expensive. Everyone, us can go, we can all ask Siri or Alexa to find it for us. Yeah, 
easily. Yeah. No, shut up, Alexa. I'm not telling you to. Yeah. <laughs> I don't actually have all that shit hooked up. That means that yeah. that means they're spying on me. It's more spying on me. Yeah. Anyway, my paranoid. I got my tinfoil hat on over here. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry. Um. Yeah. So that's really cool. So that's kind of your main emphasis and focus nowadays is Naked Raku. Yeah. So right oh, now that. my thing is definitely the Naked Raku. And then are you are you are you kind of sticking to certain forms or are you kind of in textures? Are you just keeping it pretty much making stuff just to focus on firing or is that? Yeah. So Naked Raku really likes more of a curved surface. It doesn't like straight sides. Right. And so my forms have definitely evolved a little bit where they're more curvy um, for the Naked Raku. Um, but otherwise, I'm trying to keep them pretty consistent for that. Yeah. And then do you burnish it or do you just kind of nice, nicely with a rib or something? Or does that. So I actually um, use terracage on the outside okay. of mine and then burnish that up. Okay. So that it's super shiny and smooth. Yeah. And yeah. I use Pete Pennell's terracage. It works fantastic. Cool. And then what you use, like a low fire earthenware clay? Yeah, so I have used um, Phoenix High Water Clay, uh-huh. um, which is uh, a stoneware, which has worked really nice. And then I've also used Frost from Laguna. Oh, yeah. Um, which works super nice. Uh, but does it get hot enough? Get to... Used to frost. Oh, yeah. Porcelain's, porcelain's, porcelain's weird stuff. Yeah. I found I have a really... I found a I I'm like I'm living in Southern California and I've been doing ceramics in Southern California my whole life and we have mm-hmm. two really good distributors like right here yeah Clay and Aardvark mm-hmm. and I'm like super loyal to Aardvark like they're I've been going there since I was like a you know in the 90s man you know like <laughs> <laughs> like oh, long yeah. I've been I've been going to I've been going to uh, uh, Aardvark for a long time so they have a uh, they have a lot of really nice you know clay bodies i i like the one called uh nara and they, have, they make it okay. in cone 10 and they make it in cone five. Oh, okay and nara's nara's my jam and it's really nice it's really easy to it, i feel like it's an easy porcelain to work with and yeah if you get your hands on that and they also make one it's a cone 10 porcelain called coleman porcelain which is like tom coleman say, and that's that stuff's really really nice it's, it's expensive but it's 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 nice it's really yeah, white i talked to uh Kyle Guyman and uh-huh. he said to because I was like I use Frost he goes try Coleman he goes yeah. Frost is really frustrating he goes if yeah. you've been using that you'll like Coleman so yeah. I want to get my hands on some of that yeah and then yeah that's I don't know if, I don't know how that that works at cone at the, the temperatures because it's a, I don't know if I think it's a cone 10 clay but yeah I guess try it right you know yeah and with the sealer that I'm using, um, you're only firing your pieces to 04. Mm-hmm. And, um, but because with the sealer, they're completely sealed with it. So it, you don't have to have the piece totally vitrified because the sealer does it for you. Yeah. But then the piece is still fragile. It's more fragile if it's not vitrified. Yes, exactly. Yeah. That'd be cool. I guess it's a give and take, but yeah, it's yeah. a cool thing. There's so many different clays out there from so many different manufacturers, and you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess I'm, I'm, um, 
for where you are, is there like a you kind of get clay from all over the country or yeah because there's not really a distributor really right. close right um, right right so down in st louis which is about a two and a half hour drive um there is a distributor um not actually laguna but they yeah. are down there and yeah. that's where i get my clay from middleman yeah yeah that's and they mostly just have laguna stuff yeah, I think primarily there's just mostly Laguna. But have you tried B-Mix ever? Ever used B-Mix? I have. Yeah, B-Mix is nice. That's a pretty popular. Mm-hmm. A lot of people like B-Mix. And it comes yeah. in 5 and 10. So. Yep. It's nice having the clays. That, I found it really nice to find clays at work that they make it at 5 and 10. Because yes. you have B-Mix 5 and B-Mix 10. And I have NAR 5 and NAR 10. So it's like pretty much the same clay. And I don't mm-hmm. have to be too concerned about like, oh, I need a cone 10 clay and a cone five clay so yeah so that's that's me and i'm like it's easy for me and i'm, well, I'm super spoiled being like aardvark's 50, nah, 20 minutes from my house oh, and awesome. like it's like a superstore it's like ceramics it's like ceramics home depot and they have like you could just you've never been, so you've never been I'm, I'm, oh my god it's so i mean in, in, it's it's easy because i like do all my shopping for work there uh-huh. For my for like the high school, so it's like, oh, this isn't. I have to manage this budget, but it's not my money. So it's like, yeah, like, cool, six thousand pounds. Know, I'll of, take six, that and that and that. And, yeah, and I don't go too crazy. I I always have to. I'm always. So I'm not the most like organized person. So I always yeah. just be like, oh, I want to run out of money. So I just try to like mostly buy clay, and I'm super cheap about a lot of other stuff, and I'm mm-hmm. super cheap about buying tools and. Like part yeah. of my whole thing has become like making tools, and that's part of my my gimmick, I guess, and part of oh, what yeah. I process is like, oh, everyone's gonna we're gonna make trimming tools and needle tools and wire tools and ribs and the basic tools that we use all the time. Like, let's make those out of like let's use a lot of our own stuff. And yeah, so I don't I don't I don't get too crazy on like the tools, but yeah. Anyways, it's totally fun to just be like, oh, let's try this tool. And oh, I got I was so cool last week. I got a email from our district lady she's like you've i got a thousand dollar grant for you guys you have but you have to give me the what your list by like tomorrow so me and the other art teachers in the district well kevin kowalski he's one of them and and jeff baku and brent henry we're all the four high school teachers and we're all like frantically like ordering stuff and they all got wheels which was cool but i'm like i already have enough wheels so i just got a bunch of tools but i was like oh like it was kind of like that i want that and i want that but it was (laughs) Yeah, I was like, I don't the know. The stuff but, that I usually wouldn't be able to get, I'm going to get now. Yeah, yeah. I got like a, I got a new pyrometer with two things, and I got like, you know, some stupid Steve tool. I've always seen this thing called the Steve tool. It's like this weird thing with all these little claws on it, and it like... Oh, I've seen those. Make, yeah, and I'm, I've always been yeah. like, that's cool, but I'm always like, eh. I really like texture, so I got a bunch of like, so much, so much of this stuff, I'm like, texture stuff, texture mats, and texture plaster things, and yeah. anyways... I don't know. Um, so um, I guess why don't you talk a little bit about like, because I know you and Tim have a kind of interesting relationship. I imagine yeah. when you first walked into his class, um, did you, you didn't, did you didn't know him? I had from, no uh, idea just who dude? he was. He was just the guy teaching the class. Yeah. And he was just my professor and I was like, okay, cool. And so I got to know him. And he one so day what was he that, before in, you go on, what was your first impression 
So I think we all have like a student going to a class. Yeah. It's like, oh, student, teacher. And you have that first impression, especially I know for me, in my experience with the teachers that I've built real close relationships with, mm-hmm. I remember my first impression of them. Do you remember like your first impression of Tim? Or like the first kind of like, hey, this is ceramics one and here's yeah. the syllabus and here's your materials list and this is what we're going to do. Like, what was uh-huh. your, do you remember that? He seemed really fun, but because he's such a bigger guy, it was kind of intimidating. And I was like, okay, like you seem really fun. I could like get to know you really well. And I think we could uh, do some cool work, but yet you seem also like, you know what you want in, out of your students and you're going to push us to try to meet those expectations and go past them. Yeah. And you think Which he did good. that? And he did yeah. that. Yeah, he totally did. He kind of, while I was there, we just connected like right away and he kind of like took me under his wing and we just got to know each other really well. And we connected super fast and, um, I saw him as someone that uh, would push me to get my work to um, be better and better. Mm-hmm. And I would always go up to him and be like, especially with my own personal work, I'd be like, critique this. What mm-hmm. should I do differently? How can I improve this? And um, he was. And he has a really good eye. I think he has a really good way of like talking about art. Like I've, yes. he's really good at, I think, critiquing he's giving me some, a little bit of feedback which not mm-hmm. a lot of people do nowadays and i really yeah. appreciate his like feedback that he's given but i remember like he came out he, he did the thing at esperanza mm-hmm. uh, or at kevin kowalski's high school um i talk i said esperanza like everybody knows oh esperanza like, <laughs> like everybody knows esperanza because i'm like so stuck where i'm at but where kevin teaches he went there and did, did his thing and just like the way he like talks about his art and he's very like thoughtful and that i appreciate it like, you know, like he's like you can tell, like, oh yeah, he's he's learned in art. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, and he has such he has a art history background as well. And yeah. I think that really helps him to yeah. be able to describe the work and um be able to take that information and put them on terms that we would understand and to be able to explain better. Yeah. Yeah, I think like going through like uh, you know uh, a master's in art myself and taking a bunch of art history classes like mm-hmm. being exposed. I think it's easy to get stuck in just ceramics, and then when you yeah. get ex- when you do take more art classes and art an art major and be exposed to different kinds of art and and sometimes you realize like wow this art this art world is such a weird place. Like yeah. when you like I remember taking classes like we had to write like the thesis class. I remember, I remember taking that class and there's like six of us or eight of us in the class and there's like you know a photo guy and a sculpture mm-hmm. guy glass guy and i'm the ceramics guy and it's just like yeah they're like talking and i'm just like and they're like oh my god like i'm such a dumbass i just want to make mugs and pots and like, <laughs> you're talking about like such things that are so and i'm like oh yeah that's 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 a great idea yeah that's awesome yeah it's really yeah because i'm really good at faking it not faking it but i'm really good at pulling the academic shit out of my butt and just be like oh yeah i can sometimes i'm like a zoned out and then it's like i'm just idiot like that but yeah definitely being exposed to different kind of art is awesome so i think anybody out there that's like thinking about 
going to college as a ceramics major, like realize that you're not just going to take ceramics. Like you, yep. and, and, and taking all, I know from my experience, I resisted a little bit. Like, I just want to do ceramics all day. Like, I don't, I hate this 2d design class or I hate yeah. this. Uh, I hate this. Whatever. I mean, I didn't hate it, but it was like, Oh, like 2d design. I'm cutting out these shapes of paper and gluing them. And it's like, but then I look back, I'm like, oh, my God, like, that's why they have these foundation courses as art majors, like 2D mm-hmm. design and 3D design and drawing and painting. And it's like in art history. And it's like, yeah, it's this universal language. We can talk. We can talk as artists. And, and then we kind of get into our ceramics world and we're like, yeah, that's a bunch, that's a bunch of weird stuff. I just want to make pretty pots. And yeah, cool it goes back to what we were talking about with how in ceramics you get all of your basics of ceramics before you can really do your own stuff exactly like that's just your basics for art itself yeah you have to get that stuff before you really go any further yeah and it's just like that you know super cheesy but it's like foundation it is like a lot of classes in schools they'll even call those like foundation courses or foundation classes or like i know as an art teacher like it's always like this is the basics this is the language we need to speak and this is the uh you know the basic yeah. things that we're going to do and we all have to build off of that and and then we can kind of get kind of crazy from there mm-hmm. um so i know yeah tim as a teacher and then yep. he stopped how long was tim how many semesters did, did you have tim as an instructor i had tim as an instructor for uh i believe two semesters um did you have any other teachers in junior college besides tim i had one other ceramics instructor then and uh she was after tim Tim. yeah okay yeah and she was great um and And that's where you got into the independent stuff okay yep and uh so we were doing that and um it seems like I had Tim way longer than a year as a teacher, um, but he was just always understanding and uh, time flew with him because he'd always be helpful. Mm-hmm. And so I would constantly be asking him about his work and he had brought it in. I had bought a piece of his. And so we had been talking and I asked if like I could help him out one day. And so he said, yeah, come to my studio. He lives in Manung. It's about a 40-minute drive from my house. And um, so from there, it kind of just spiraled. And now I work for him in his studio as his uh, assistant. And uh-huh. it's helped him make his work. Yeah. So you just, like, roll out slabs? Yeah. So roll out slabs? Or... I roll like, out what slabs. Kind of, like, if, what, I don't know how much, if it's, like, you got any secrets. But, like, how many, uh, like, how much... Like, what are the kind of things he's, like, you're doing around there to uh, help? No, I'm doing That's quite okay. a bit more than some people would think. Um, so my job is to roll out the slabs, and then I also um, cut out all of the pieces for his mugs, usually. Um, oh. So, like, for his feet, he has five um, flat slabs that he'll mm-hmm. stack together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'll cut all five of those out and then corrugate two of them. And then he'll put it all together. Yeah. And then he puts it all together. You're like the sous chef. I am. Yep. I have everything ready for him. And then he can put it all together because he's not, 
I totally agree with him. He's not willing to give up that part of his work because that's, um, that's his yeah. work. And I get yeah. that. I, and so yeah. um, that's a good spot for you to kind of help with that process, which is, yeah. Yeah. Do you have a slab roller or are you doing by hand or? Yeah. So we have a slab roller, so it gets it to a certain point, but then also every single one of those slabs we're throwing out to get it um, to the thinness that he does for his cardboard. It's really, really thin. Yeah. And being a wheel thrower, this whole hand building thing pushed me so far out of my comfort zone. Uh, the first week I absolutely hated doing these slabs. And if you ask him about me having to skin the corrugation, because that's way thinner, uh -huh. that slab would rip constantly. And every <laughs> single time I just wanted to throw it across the room. Yeah. Say, I'm sick of this thing. Like, yeah. And, uh, it definitely took some getting used to. So did you do a lot of hand, you didn't do a lot of hand building in high school or college? No, because, um, just, just enough to get by. Yeah. For the required projects, I did hand building. Otherwise it was all yeah. wheel throwing. Yeah. I was just, I was the exact same way in college. Yeah. I only hand built if I had to. Otherwise I was like, I'm yep. throwing, I'm throwing. And then as a high school teacher, I was like, Oh, Shit, I have to do a lot of hand building as a high school teacher because my high school I have like 33 kids and I have like mm -hmm. 10 mm -hmm. wheels, so yeah. I have to kind of like rotate them through to get them in. And I don't have like I've learned I don't like having 10 beginners at the same time. Like mm -hmm. I'm not a good teacher to teach 10. Yeah, I get like four, so I like rotate my kids through, mm -hmm. and then I hope I hope that I don't have more than 10 kids that really really like the wheel. So I can be yeah. like you 23 or so, <laughs> you 20 hand build, and you 10 throw. Yeah. And I tell the, I always tell the, the wheel throwers, I'm like, like you guys are my favorites, but don't tell the hand builders. But yeah, you guys are cooler. <laughs> exactly. But you know, I don't like, not that, not that that's totally true. There's a lot. I have a lot of kids that I like that never touch the wheel. But you know, yeah. so if you never, if you're listening and you're my former students and you never touch the wheel, it doesn't mean I don't like you. But there's a certain thing about people that on that go through that process of learning how to throw a pot on the wheel. That looks simple. If you've never yes. done it, you see somebody that's been doing it. It looks like, oh, that's easy. Easy. It looks super easy, and it's not. And I, I like as a teacher, I always tell my students, I'm like, it's the best analogies. I, I, because I'm all about the dumb analogies with my high school kids. I'm like, mm -hmm. it's like watching somebody play the guitar that knows how to play the guitar and sing. Yeah. And they effortlessly can strum and change notes and chords and do two things at once. I'm like strum yeah. or three things at once. They can strum, they can move their hands, and they can sing, and it's all coordinated. Yeah. And if you've never done it and you see someone like, oh, wow, that's amazing. Or like skateboarding. Skateboarding, yeah. you've never done skateboarding. It's the freaking hardest thing in the world. Like you go on the skateboard and you fall or like roller skating or ice skating. Like it looks – people that know what they're doing, it's effortless. And then – so I know for my students, I tell them that a lot. I'm like, they're like, oh, yeah. and then they try it. They're like, yeah. <laughs> the kids are just, you get so like, just it, at first. you know, and they're like sweating. And it's like, oh man, it's like, ooh, it's hard yeah. to, but yeah. So I think the kids that get into that and like make the commitment and then like yeah. get over that hump and get over that, like, oh, I, I'm not thinking I'm just doing. Yep. There's like that certain connection we have as like potters. That's just like. We like to stare at that spinning thing and we get into that zone and yeah, totally. 
there's nothing better than that groove. I mean, my favorite place in the world is just getting in that like happy work groove where I'm just like sitting and whatever I'm doing, working, cutting, yep. scoring, just sitting and here and it's like, oh my god, it's been two and a half hours and it's like one thirty a.m. Throwing hours on end and you just lose track of time. Yeah, and I think I know my wheel throwers are always the ones that are like. <laughs> Oh, can you call my teacher? And can I like stay another period? Like we're not doing mm-hmm. anything. We're just watching a movie, and it's always yep. like, no, we have a test. I'm like, oh, clean up your shit and go to class. Like, yeah. But, anyways, um, I remember high school. The first half was all hand building, and then the second half you started doing wheels, and I dreaded that first half. I just wanted to get past it and get straight to the wheels. Yeah, is that your first semester or every semester was like that. Uh, that was just my first semester, and then um, once you got past that first year, then you could really choose if you yeah, wanted yeah. to do mostly hand building or wheel. But she would still have you do both just a little bit, just yeah. to do. Them. That's kind of how I do it with my. I only get them for two years at the most, so that's kind of what I do with my advanced kids. I try to get them all to at least say that they can throw a pot, and then yep. if they never know to throw a pot again, at least you can say like, "Well, someone holds a gun to your head and is like, make a bowl." Or your puppy no, dies. It's totally dark. I mean, yep. I'm sorry, but you know, hey, puppy dies if you don't throw a bowl. They're like, I'll throw a bowl. Yeah. And, sorry. Um. So, anyways, uh, so I guess you're just kind of continuing working with Tim and kind of yeah. like being his kind of. Yeah, kind of like his right hand man a little bit. Awesome. Uh, in September, in the end of September, he's doing uh, the Michiana Pottery Tour. Yeah, I'm going with him. To oh, that's gonna be so much fun. Pots and so I'll be getting to meet a whole bunch of artists there. That's gonna so. be so much fun. Yeah, it, it's really cool and it's uh, definitely has been awesome to have this connection mm-hmm. and be able to talk to the other artists and stuff that he knows. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's what I mean. I mean, I keep saying it, but the community is awesome and it's cool yeah. to kind of do what I'm doing and get to actually talk to people and not just like message and. Cause it's different talking to people than it is, you know, just, Hey, I really like your stuff or yeah, exactly. What glaze, what glaze is that? Or <laughs> I don't know. Yep. Um, have you been to Nsika yet? I haven't. I wanted to go this year, um, but I didn't get around to it, Yeah. but I'm hoping within the next year or two, I really do want to go. Yeah. I think next year well, it's in Richmond, in Richmond. Richmond and then Cincinnati. And then yeah. I don't know. I'm selfishly, I'm ho- selfishly, I'm hoping it's closer to Southern California, but yeah, that's well, they've been over this way for a while. Like, yeah, it was in Portland like two or three years ago, so it'll probably be closer. I don't know. Um, so are you still in school now? I am. So I'm doing starting my senior year at Illinois State University. Okay. And, and are you an art major? I'm not, which is kind of the strange thing. So, what's your, so what are you gonna what's the plan so i'm a social work major okay and um originally i wanted to go into art therapy uh-huh. but my counselor at my community college said it's it's such a narrow degree to mm-hmm. go with um social work that eventually i can do um counseling and private practice therapy and then I can include art therapy into that, but I'm not restricted to solely art therapy. Yeah, that makes sense. And so, yeah, I'm doing social work now. So do you like that? 
I do. It's really fun. Uh, I mean, you're I, helping people, right? Yeah, I'm working and with the you're helping people. population. Oh, that's awesome. And uh, specifically those with Alzheimer's. Oh, that's awesome. And it's a lot of fun. The stories that you hear yeah. is definitely worth it. Yeah, that's funny. Today, I just visited my parents, and they're like, I'm in... I'm in like Anaheim area and my parents live in Palm Springs. They're like an hour and a half. Oh, hi, cat. They're like an hour and a half, <laughs> hour and two hours away. But my dad's like 83, 84, 83. My dad's like okay. 83. My mom's like 80. And, yeah. you know, they're like old. They're like old Palm Springs raisins, but, you know, it's, uh-huh. it's cool. They're like yeah. old people are cool. I've always liked, I've always liked talking to old people for some reason. And my wife sometimes she's like, why do you like, you know, they why do you always talk have to... interesting stories? And yeah, talk they live such off. a different life than us. They know, they like, did. the world has changed so much in the last, like, 20 years, you know? Like, yeah, since the 90s, since the late 90s, once the internet hit, you know? Yeah. Once, totally that, once that dial-up got, once that, <laughs> like, once that sound happened, the world forever changed. Like, the yeah. world information became like a virus literally yeah. oh god information got everywhere and everybody started getting connected and it caused so much good and it's also seemingly caused so much like chaos and like mm-hmm. craziness in our world and you know my parents were born in like the 30s which is yeah. like crazy you know my dad graduated high school like 1954 mm-hmm. so i watched like back to the future because i grew up you know 80s 90s and i watched back to the future with marty mcfly and when he goes back yeah. in time he goes to 1955 and I always looked at that. And I'd be like, this is like my parents. Like, yeah. this is literally my parents. They're a couple years apart, but I'm like this. They were like 55. They were like about yeah. that age that like George McFly was. And mm-hmm. it's like chips me out. And it's like, they went, they lived through so much. And, you know, they were little kids during like world war two. And yeah, it's like crazy to think about like all these, all these amazing memories they have. And, yeah. you know, sharing and you know it's cool to kind of connect with someone like that Mm -hmm. level like that so that's awesome it's awesome that you're doing that and it's cool that you're kind of keeping your hand in the clay a little and yeah it definitely is that hobby that um if i just get stressed at work or something i'll just go down to the studio and just start making work and totally forget about the day yeah no it's totally therapy for it's nice that you can do it in that respect where it's not like oh you have to do it as like a job or you have to do it mm-hmm. as like a, i don't know, like as an art major it's awesome but as an art major you're also like oh, i have to do this work as a project yeah. to get a grade to get my degree to move on to the next step so it's nice that you can just keep it i mean if you can keep it as that then you can do whatever you want because that's kind of yeah. i feel like very lucky that's how i am as an artist like i can do whatever i want or not do whatever i want as an artist because i mm-hmm. Don't have to make art to pay my bills. So exactly. So yeah. that's cool that you can do that, and then you can do whatever. You don't have to do anything for anybody except for yourself, and then you can explore yeah. whatever avenue you want to do. And then you, when you want to enter into art shows and or do whatever you want to do or sell stuff, or you can go in any direction you want. So freedom yeah. is off. So yeah, it's nice. All right, my bad. We it lost is- connection, and we started talking, and I realized we weren't recording, but now we're recording again. So welcome back. So uh, we were talking about um, a little bit about um, Daniel's kind of geographic location and a connection that I have to that area is the, the fact that uh, 
he's right in the middle of Cubs cards country. And you want to kind of just talk about the, the dynamic of the, the baseball. Yeah. World so it's, a, it's a weird spot to live in because you're, we are exactly in the middle between St. Louis and Chicago. And so you're either a Cubs fan or a Cardinals fan. And our house is split. Uh, between Cardinals and Cubs. My mom's whole side of the family is diehard Cardinals fans. And then my dad's side of the family is diehard Cubs fans. Yeah. And, uh, we were saying you just have to kind of pick whatever team you like. Doesn't matter what city they're from. Yeah. Just pick the team you like, and that's who you're going to root pick for. Pick a hat. Yeah. You get the red hat or the blue hat. Yep. <laughs> or the black hat, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely going to be an exciting down. But I think I was, uh, I was looking at the schedule and I'm like, there's like five weeks of baseball left. Mm-hmm. It's like where it's pretty Crazy. much like, you know, a month, a month and a half, and it's, and hopefully I was, uh, I hope that the Cubs and Cards can meet in the playoffs. I would love, I, would, I think nothing would be cooler than the that that'd be a great NLCS. Yeah, I know personally living in Dodger country, I'm tired of the Dodgers. I'm like, I've rooted for the Dodgers. The last two or three years, two years they've been in the World Series, I've been, like, all in for the Dodgers. Because I'm like, I know the Dodgers and Cubs have a rivalry, but at the same time, I have a lot of friends that are Dodger fans. And I'm like, I want you guys to be happy. Like, I'm not a hater. I don't want to see. I hate the fucking Packers. Like, I'm sorry. I hate the Packers. Me too. I hate the Packers. But other than that, I'm like, whatever. Like, you know, Dodger fans, cool. Like, you beat us. We beat you. We won the World Series. Cool. You beat us. You lost the World Series, you suck, and then yeah. you we didn't then you, then you lost again, and it's like you're gonna be the Buffalo Bills of the of the of baseball if they don't win one. If they make it again this year and they lose in the World Series again, if the Dodgers lose in the World Series again, like I don't know, like that's something's wrong. Hopefully it's hopefully it's not the Dodgers, but if yeah. it is, I hope they, I hope they win it. But. Hopefully it's the Cubs, but, you know. <laughs> At the same time, I'm very happy that the Cubs won. My dad and all my family in Chicago got to see the Cubs win. And mm-hmm. my dad's 84 and, or 83, and he, uh, you know, he got they to see the Cubs win. When he, was nine, when he was nine years old, he went to the Cubs in 1945. He went and saw the Cubs, and he saw them mm-hmm. lose the World Series. And he was waiting his whole life to see them come back. And they yeah. had a couple times where they got close and, well, like, made the playoffs and, yeah, we were hopeful. I don't know. If you probably, uh, I don't know if you remember it, but when they, uh, the famous Bartman incident, and uh-huh. that was that was really rough. I remember that, yeah. and that was, uh, I remember that was really really like shocking because it really felt like that was that was it. They had Kerry Wood and Mark Pryor, and they were amazing, and they had a good, I don't know. Anyways, um, and then the Bears, and everyone's a Bears fan out there. Yeah, for football, you're strictly Bears. Um, you have some of the Packer fans that are down here because they don't want to be with the Bears anymore because they suck usually. Yeah. So um, there's always the contrarians, which I can yep. respect. I'm a contrarian yeah. at heart. Otherwise, so. it is Bears. Bears country. And as is, is everybody, I'm here in a little bubble in Southern California as a Bears fan, and I kind of connect with some people online, but is there a lot of excitement down there for uh, the Bears this year? Yeah. Yeah, they're uh, definitely looking more promising than they have ever in the past for a long time. Well, yeah. I mean, it's been... Yeah. they had. I remember there was a couple years where they had Cutler and Erlacher and 
thought they were, you know, Brandon Marshall and you know, yeah. I wish they never looking back, I wish they never traded Greg Olson. That was the one I wish that we could take back. Yeah. I wish we never got rid of Greg Olson and I wish we never got Brandon Marshall. And I wonder what would have happened if that Mm-hmm. That never happened, but a lot of streamers people are like, "What the hell are they talking about?" So, yeah. <laughs> anyways, yeah. we can talk about that later. Um, uh, one of the questions I've asked everybody, except I forgot last week, I didn't ask Becca Otis, so I apologize, Becca. But um, did you have do you have any epic disasters that you have had in your life as a ceramic artist that you uh or or epic or epic injuries you've had yet that you want to doing Raku? You're working with obviously hot stuff like right away you're not waiting for yeah. the kiln to cool right <laughs> and i had my fair share of hot burns singeing of hair um anything along those lines uh the biggest one that i can remember is we were firing the kiln and we were trying to get the the torch on um the burner and uh-huh it wasn't lighting for some reason Uh-oh. and uh we just kept the burner on <laughs> thinking that it was gonna go on and it wasn't and then all of a sudden it lit up and that whole thing just filled with gas oh my god the whole top of the kiln came off and oh my god yeah it was pretty crazy um nobody got hurt i hope you learned your lesson young man yeah i hope you learned your lesson on, and you are super off. careful when you are around gas, because I think people die that way. Yeah. <laughs> or get bumped, or can get seriously hurt. Seriously injured. Yeah. You can get seriously injured with the like that gas buildup and. Yeah. So yeah, it's good, you did, good that nothing happened, and uh, you know I'm sure now you're super uber conscious about. Yeah, I always take the burner out of the kiln to light it, and then I'll put it back in now. Yeah, don't let that little bubble fill up. Yep. Uh, um, so I know you're using your phone, so I can't text it to you. So I got some questions that um, I got listeners. So uh, Mr. Uh, Tim Kowalczyk, he has he had a few. So um, okay. first one he's asked uh, is who was his best junior? Who was your best junior college ceramics teacher? It probably have to be Shannon Slate Brown. Shannon Slate Brown. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Tim was <laughs> definitely my favorite. Um, like I said before, he was just super down to earth. You could connect to him really easily. And, um, I feel like he pushed me more than my other professor did. Um, he's really what made my work shift directions. Cool. Um, and then his next question is, uh, what does your mom do for a living? (laughs) Uh, my mom is a bookkeeper at a funeral home <laughs> i can see why tim would want me to ask that question but i mean <laughs> someone's gotta like keep track of the numbers to i be guess honest, i don't even know if tim knew that oh really i think he was just like just throwing out random stuff ask a smart ass question okay um his <laughs> next question i don't know uh what is his favorite type what is your what is your favorite type of movie so tim and i are constantly talking about movies in the studio when we're working together uh-huh. and uh my favorite genre of movie would probably be horror uh-huh okay. i really like horror movies that thrill and adrenaline rush that you get like what uh-huh. kind of horror movies do you like do you like the um 
like monster, like scary, supernatural, or do you like the like psychopathic torture? Psychopathic torture for sure. Uh, All right, we got to end this interview. Sorry, about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's cool. Those are those are like I find those difficult to watch. More, I like to me. I'm I guess I'm not. I don't watch a lot of them, and I remember I watched like one of the Saw movies. I watched like part yeah. of it, and I'm just like. See the song like these like hypothetical scenarios are just too. I don't know. For me, it's I don't know. And I'm like pretty like dark in a lot of ways. Like I have a really like if my wife could tell you the things that I say in between us, she like yeah you should like be in jail because you're like psycho. But it's a lot of it's just me just being like weird. But like when other people say it, it's like or when I see it in that more like you know. What are you gonna do? Yeah, it's like that. Yeah, like I don't know. So, what's your favorite? Uh, what What are your What are some of your all? What are some of the good ones that? Um, do you have any favorite scary? So, what's your favorite scary Saw movies? Daniel? The Saw movies are some of my favorites. Oh, cool! Uh, I have the whole collection. Absolutely love them. Do you do what? Do you watch them? You just put them on once in a while. I do. Yeah, just <laughs> to watch. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, I really like uh, on Netflix. There's one called "Would You Rather." Uh huh. And uh, it's not like I want to watch it all the time, but it's pretty good. Um, it's about them having to do um. Would you rather uh, oh God. for money and then they die off from the challenges? It's like a movie or is it like a reality? It's like a movie, right? No, it's a movie. Okay. Yeah. Did you, I mean, this is probably, uh, I don't know, in your opinion, uh, did you ever see the Blair Witch Project, the original one? Mm-hmm. So when I was, I don't remember when that came out. It was like, what, 97, 98, 99, 2000? Yeah. Right around there. And I remember... One of my friends got a. This is old. This is on VHS. My friend got an advanced copy, like a month before it came out in the theaters, or anybody had heard about it. It was like okay. a month or two, but and it was almost like a, like when we, we I remember me and my friends because in my my house was so, I had the ghetto was set up, but it worked. So I had like my TV in the living room, and we had like the long ass like thirty, fifty foot, hundred foot cable that went out to the garage. Yeah. And in the garage, I had like a TV and me and my friends would go out there and hang out and, you know, do stuff. And uh-huh. we were all like, I don't know, there's like 10 or 15 of us. We're in the garage. We're watch, walking around like this little TV hooked up to the VCR in the other room. We're all watching the Blair Witch Project. We're like in our like early, late teens, early 20s. We're watching it and we're like, we'd never heard of it. And my friend's like, yeah, dude, like this is real. We're like watching it. We're like, dude, this is fucking <laughs> crazy. <laughs> this isn't like what it like freaks you out it's like when like you know the only there was like the real world was a reality tv show and they were like a, reality tv wasn't mm-hmm. such a big thing yeah this kind of model of a movie was so like out of the like thing and i remember watching it being like dude this is like i don't know if we should be watching this like this yeah. is kind of weird like and the ending it's like in the corner and you're like oh my god like this mm-hmm. is real and then it was like a month or two later it's like oh yeah that was just like some like film students or i forgot the story but i'm like oh they did a great job because me and my friends were like talking about it for like weeks on end. Like, yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> I'm super excited for the new it movie that's going to come out. 
Oh, the trailer yeah. looks super good for it. Yeah, I remember like seventh or eighth grade watching the um, miniseries on like TV and I like, going to school the next day and my me and my friends were talking about it and yeah, you know, like on balloons and we're all flat down. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's awesome. And I it's funny. I'm such a weird. I'm such a bad dad sometimes. Like I tell my kid because he'll be like we'll be walking around and he'll like look in the there's like the gutter you know you know mm-hmm. like the storm drain gutter yeah. He's like, what's down there? I'm like, there's clowns and alligators down there. He's like, oh, okay. So he doesn't go like he thinks like he'll tell people or like the manhole covers. Like he'll try uh-huh. to mess with the manhole cover. Like, dude, clowns and alligators. He's like, oh, like there's. He'll tell my wife like there's clowns and alligators in there. She's like, <laughs> what? Like, does your father tell you that? And I'm like, there are. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And then uh, one more, one more from Tim. Uh, what what were you doing for a job at the beginning of your junior college days? Of course he asks this one. Uh, so uh, when I first started junior college, I was actually a balloon artist. A balloon artist? Like I at birthday was. parties or like? Uh... Birthday parties, different events. Uh, we were uh, balloon twisters. That's cool. Yeah. So if I mean, you, you still have the skills, feed, you'll see a crazy balloon hat that he was wearing. I made that one. Okay. I'll have to put yep. it in the little, I'll put it in the video. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah um let's see the next one i don't know if this is from somebody that you know it's this kid black x a t and it's just a emoji of a skateboard i don't know that's okay maybe, no that's yeah sorry and then this one is from i believe it is from your girlfriend cj stolba yeah it says do you even like tim <laughs> yes i liked him uh he's chill uh, he's chill i talk about him all the time oh hopefully more than i should and yeah he's jealous sometimes and I'm, it's almost like the beginning of a, a horror movie plot <laughs> 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 sorry uh and then if uh find me dead you'll know who did it um and the, another one is uh five lines pottery studio that's becca otis who is my last guest yep she asks tell us a secret about tim hmm there's so many to choose from well just tell us one um i don't know if it's really a big secret but obviously a secret that he wouldn't mind getting out that he's not going to be uh Coming out, he's not gonna. We don't want to be the start of a horror movie that involves Tim. You so, uh, <laughs> you like, he yeah, loves Batman. Been, what Batman is definitely like his favorite, like, character. superhero, Batman. Yeah. Batman, he's, he's addicted to Batman, really. Like, every single hoodie that he has is related to Batman. Um, when he would come in to ICC, uh, like from home he would always be wearing like he had one that the hood had like bad ears on it and then he could like put it over and it had like slots for his oh, eyes. Wow. And, and he's like uh, i'm the batman yeah all the time i'm the cardboard man yeah we need to make him one that looks like it's made of cardboard only appropriate yeah <laughs> that's awesome it's pretty funny cool um yeah that's about i know it's uh what one thirty your time? Yeah. So, 
Yeah. You did fall asleep, though, so. I did fall asleep. <laughs> I was ready at nine, and I was like, oh, I'm like, I bet he fell asleep. And yeah. then it was like, I was doing some other stuff, and then it was like, oh, I'm ready. I'm like, oh, cool. Let me go pee and get my work area and my thing set up again, and bada bing, bada boom, we are. So, um, do you have any, like, uh, plugs or any, uh, I guess you're going on, the, you're going on a trip with Tim, and people want to get a hold of you, and you have an Etsy yeah. store? Or- Tell us yeah, what's I'll up. I'll be at the Michiano Pottery Tour um, September 28th and 29th. The 29th okay. is my birthday, so we're there over my birthday. That's and, right around the corner. Uh, yeah, and so I'm excited to meet a whole bunch of artists. And if you guys are in the area, come on out so I can meet you guys. Awesome. And Sheets underscore Pottery on Instagram? Yep. Are you a Facebooker too? I am. Sheets Pottery on Facebook? Any preferred mode or? Well, I know I have Facebook, but I only have it in name. Like I don't, don't ever contact me on Facebook because I'll go weeks at a time not checking it. But Instagram, I'm on all the time. But do you have any uh, preferred? Instagram is the best way, um, and my Facebook gets the same stuff that Instagram does. So Instagram is yeah. definitely the preferable. Yeah, Facebook's accessible. I mean, sorry, did I say that? No. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, cool. So, um, I really appreciate you uh, taking the time, and I know it's yeah. Late. I hope hopefully you don't have a, a six, uh, seven o'clock class tomorrow morning. But if you do, yeah. you're young. Just drink some coffee, and you know, power through. Push through. Yeah, that's, that's life. Um, cool. So, Nathaniel Sheets, thanks for being my guest today on uh, Days of Four Little Bird, and I will see you on the other side of this button. Till I can't no more I got the horses in the back Horse stock is attached Head is mad at black Got the bushes black to match Riding on a horse Tim, that song is especially for you Nathaniel requested that I Make sure to play Old Town Road Because I heard it's your all-time favorite song And I made sure to put that in for you So, that, Tim, that's just for you Anyways Thanks for listening to my conversation with Nathaniel Sheets. I had a lot of fun getting to know him. We've been kind of insta-friends for a little while, and we did a trade a couple, couple, about a year, year and a half ago. Anyways, um, Nathaniel, I have a confession to make. I meant to tell you this, and I just totally forgot. Uh, We did a trade a year and a half ago, and about six months ago, my uh, four-year-old son, well, he was three at the time, uh, he broke it. And it's broken into, like, not enough pieces to save. It was, like, smashed. It was, like, smashed and then took the pieces that were smashed and then, like, smashed again. So uh, I think my kid Owen for that, um, you know, should do another trade one of these days. But sorry, Nathaniel, I meant to tell you that. Um, but I'm telling you it now. So uh, thank, thanks, Owen. Appreciate it. Um, but yeah, um, school started today's my first day back at work and, um, uh, my plate is super full. I'm soccer coaching and I'm teaching and I'm podcasting and I'm parenting and I'm husbanding and, oh, I'm also still making t-shirts. So if you haven't ordered one yet, I'm going to be running my pre-sale until the end of August. So August 31st will be close it off at about midnight and, we will be ordering shirts and shipping them out in the very near future after that. So um, T-shirts are still available. The classic clay is a four-letter word, bootleg version of the parental advisory, the Spamix is hard shirt, and the uh, Ryan Reich Spamix 3x3 
logo. Um, three different colors for those last two shirts. Um, like, rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher or Spotify or whatever platform you're listening to. There's that word, platform. Listen and Google. If you can't figure it out, just Google it. Like, seriously, if you just Google it nowadays, we can pretty much listen to it right off of a Google search. Send me a DM on Instagram at plays a four-letter word. If you want a sticker, I still got some of those. Uh, special thanks to Nathaniel Sheets for being my guest and for my wife and kids for putting up with me and letting me do this. Still trying to put an episode out every Tuesday. Follow at Clay's a four-letter word and at Ryan Reich's Ramings on Instagram. You can find it on Facebook. If you have questions for guests, I'll make sure to post it on my stories the day before. Uh, my name is Ryan Reich, and this has been another episode of Clay's a four-letter word. Thank you, Nathaniel Sheets. <laughs>